This is the Cash Value Solutions Podcast, where your hosts, Jason Polmeyer and Kyle Mann, shed light on little-known money truths to help you take control of your financial future and become your own banker. Subscribe, rate, and review the show, and check us out at CashValueSolutions.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Cash Value Solutions Podcast this week. Kyle, what do we have on tap for everyone? Well, we're going to talk about why you need to take responsibility for your finances and what the consequences are of you not doing that. Yeah, I think uh, from the conversations I've had, people uh, tend to, if they have a job that provides um, some sort of qualified retirement plan, um, they tend to just call that good. They take everybody's advice, you Mm -hmm. know, just opt into this thing and do it, you know, without ever thinking about it or looking at it then. Um, And then the other situation is, well, I have a financial advisor, you know, Mm -hmm. and they do everything for me. Mm -hmm. We're not going to, you know, we're not disparaging people who are in this sort of paradigm because a lot of the times, I mean, they don't have, or you or they don't have exposure that there is a different way that it can be done a different way. I mean, early on, I thought that, yeah, you just give your, you just let somebody, some financial professional who knows the stock market, you know, I mean, that's what they're professional in, their expertise is in that, oh yeah, they'll just manage your, your funds and you're just going to make big money, you know? And yeah, you take a portion of the money that you made at the end of the year and you let them, them manage it and then 30 years or 40 years or whatever the timeline is, you know, well, you just see what the balance is then and, and go from there. Yeah, I mean... It, and I want to make the distinction here... Um, so nobody gets confused before we get into this. We are not saying that you don't need these people in your life, but what we're saying is you need to take responsibility and think things through and make sure that the plan that they are designing for you matches up with what you want in the future. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't just let them do this for five years or 10 years or whatever it is. And then start thinking about it and see what you want to do. Because you might have created something that you can't unwind very easily. Yeah. I mean, there's specific reasons for why you should use somebody in that, use somebody to help you or not. Like, I mean, we definitely believe in, you know, having people who are specialized in areas like, you know, consulting with them, having them give us advice, things along those lines. Because you want to be in the, in rooms where people are smarter than you and mm-hmm. you can learn from them. And, and I mean, benefit from them because of that. And you I don't think that you can know everything about every single detail about everything that you're interested in or want to do, at least not right away. So you need somebody to help you along that process and show you things that you don't know. I mean, we use marketing guys for um, helping us market grain. Now we don't necessarily do, they don't mark or they don't market every single bushel for us. We have say in what, what happens and what doesn't happen. And, but, but they're looking at the market 24-7. It's what they do. They can't predict it, but they can see trends. They can say, hey, this is worth looking at. So you guys should consider doing this You can or ask this. them, you know, um, here's a really easy scenario. A report comes out. The grain market reacts. You, can, you have a relationship with them because you're working with them. You can have the five-minute, 15-minute call, whatever it is, you know, and get some information, you know, to help you make a decision. And as... Like Kyle was saying, they don't make every decision. You know, they call with recommendations of things to do sometimes. 
But if that's not what you feel is necessary in my scenario, in my situation, I tell them, no, I don't want to make that sale right now. Or yes, you know, I, I want to take ownership of some of these bushels again that we sold at the elevator because I, I do think, um, I do think the market's going to come up mm-hmm. and I, I want to be able to benefit from that. Sure. But you're remaining in control the whole time. Exactly. So I know some people will let or give grain marketing agencies, you know, a certain amount of bushels that they can do whatever, the, whatever they want to with. I mean, it's kind of like just, you know, giving the stock market guy all your money and telling them what to do and stuff. And I mean, you're just taking or you're letting go of responsibility. And maybe that's why some people do this is because it's not like if, if they lose money, they don't see it as it being their own fault. You know, they have somebody to blame that on or advice to, to blame that on. And I think, I mean, this is a really simplistic way of saying this, but I, I do feel it needs to be said. Nobody cares about your money more than you do, no. right? So, you know, if you have a goal of, of how much your profit target is for some cattle or what your crop this year, okay? Those are things that you need to keep an eye on, all right? You can tell somebody else that, but at the end of the day, they have their own biases and they're going to do what they think is right. Okay. So you need to take ownership of the fact that if you want to hit these targets, maybe some years you hit them, some years you don't, but you have a better chance of hitting your target when you are keeping an eye on it and not letting somebody else manage that target for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for people that, you know, aren't in with crops and, and livestock, you know, that could come down to, you know, keeping an eye on your statements, you know, how many times do, how many times do statements get mailed of, um, your qualified plan that you have or some other type of savings or investment asset that you have statements are mailed to you and you don't even open them. Cause okay? you're afraid to see what, yeah. what, what's there. I can't tell you how many people I talked to, um, when the COVID scare came, the market was going down and they didn't even look Mm-hmm. at what was going on, okay? That's not to say that that you should have... I'm not trying to say that, well, yeah, the market was going down, you should have pulled out and then got freaked, in at the low. Yeah, no. freaked out about it. You don't it. know when that stuff is coming, but keep an eye on it. Make sure, you know, I mean, that's a really extreme scenario. Make sure that what what you want to happen, um, that you're on the right track for that. Maybe you're not saving enough money. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a problem for you. Yeah. Um. Kyle and I often talk about how often people will go around driving really nice vehicles, which typically are a liability in their life. And if you would compare that to their income, it makes no sense why that person is driving that. Yeah. I mean, spending more on a vehicle than what your yearly salary is, is hustling backwards. <laughs> in a big, big hurry. Yeah. Um, I know that that's another extreme example, but... Okay, so maybe it would help you make the decision if you're opening um, those those uh, statements about your your qualified assets or whatever asset it is that you're choosing to save or invest money in. Maybe you can see I'm behind. You know, I need to do something about that. Well, in the in in the last week, you've been heavily looking at buying that new pickup. But mm-hmm. if you know this, maybe that's the time to say, "Whoa, I'm." 
you know, I need to be saving another five, ten, twenty thousand dollars a year. I need to pay more attention to this. The pickup thing can wait. Mm-hmm. Or you see that your cash flow is fine. You are doing what you need to be doing and you can afford it. You know, that's the other, that's the flip side. But you, you know that you can or can't, you know, you're not just guessing like, oh, I can afford the payment. You know? Yeah. How do you know if you don't look? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, I feel like that's, you know, if you don't mind me sharing, that's a scenario you're in this year, you know, mm-hmm. cash flow is good. So you're looking at things that you, you want to do, you know, because you are on track. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess whatever you want to achieve, if you take responsibility, you're going to get there or have a better chance of getting there than, you know, giving that up to somebody else. And another thing that we also see is spat like, okay, if you're married, somebody like one, one person gives all the responsibility to the other spouse, like, oh, well, they're in control of the money, you know? Okay. Well then if you guys need to be on the same page with things, because what if you want to do IBC and they don't, cause they don't understand it. They won't, they won't look into it. It sounds weird to them, but they they won't put any skin in the game and understand it. They're just saying, ah, no, I don't want to do it. Like that's going to hurt you in the long run, regardless of if it's IBC, a new business venture, whatever you want to do. Yeah. So there has to be some cooperation there. So it's, I mean, I don't know what the correct, excuse me, correct term would be, but yeah, you have to be, um, I wouldn't say compromise, but you know, if one person doesn't want to be involved, like there still has to be some responsibility and some involvement, you know, conversations have to be made, Mm -hmm. you know, whether that that's hard or not, but just take an hour, talk about it, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, I know we've talked about this before. I, I find it hysterical that, you know, people will go to work every day and they're going to work to get money. Okay. But then when you talk about, well, what are you, what are you doing to make sure that this money is growing or that you're able to find something to put this money in to turn it into cash flow, appreciation, whatever. And people look at you with a blank stare. Like they don't ever think of that. They don't want to look into IBC. They don't want to take the time to do that. But yet they're going to spend every day, five days a week, whatever it is, going to work. And most times not even liking what they're doing. I was going to say what makes that even more hysterical is when they hate their job. Yeah, it's like, I mean, we got to realize or we got to first we need to define what our goal is. What are we doing? Why are we going to work? Why are we getting up every day and doing that? So why are we saving this money? Why are we placing this money with this uh, investment, you know, advisor? Yeah. Why am I letting my spouse do all the, all the work, all the money work? You know, these are simple <laughs> things that you can think about during the day and just start, you know, coming to a conclusion. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that, I mean, everything needs to be teamwork, I guess, the way I'm putting it. There's nothing wrong with having a financial advisor. You know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, having an insurance advisor with like us with IBC or, you know, learning how to use these policies. Or anything else. Like, there's nothing wrong with having one spouse do the majority of, you know, the, the, the book work, the money work, you know, whatever you want to call it. But as long as there's, like, collaboration and co- cooperation. There you go, collaboration. I like that, Kyle. I mean, that that's how it, it'll all work. So, and, and I want to go back to what you were talking about earlier, and I just want to make another point here quick um, about the person who's going to their job. They don't They don't necessarily like it but yet they aren't paying attention to what they're doing with their money, how they're making it grow. Maybe they aren't even saving any money. I don't know. Mm -hmm. What's the best thing they could do, though, to get out of that position? 
Start paying attention to those things. Baby step. I mean, that, that is a baby step that is going to lead into a gigantic step forward. Did you forward. just read a Dave Ramsey book? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. But, uh, but no, that, that is a baby step, though. I mean, that, is a, that is a small thing that you can do that will turn into just a gigantic leap forward down the road. Yeah, what, what is that, uh, that saying that people say, you know, if you, if you look at the end goal and you try to just think about getting there, I mean, it seems like you can't achieve that thing, yeah. all right? So you don't get started. But if you just look at it as, well, I need to take this step right now today to move in that direction, wow, you've, you've taken action. And you're, you've closed that distance a little bit. Mm-hmm. You take another baby step, as Kyle said. You start closing that distance even more. You start doing these things. It starts to become automatic in your, in your daily habits. Sure. Okay. And all of a sudden, this goal that you thought you couldn't reach in three years, you're there in one year mm-hmm. because you just took action and got started on it. And it's not, I mean, it's easy to say all this stuff too. Like, I, I understand that. Like, I mean, I think back to 2018, 2019, I hated what I was doing. I knew that there was a dead end deal where I was at. And I was feeling sorry for myself. Like, pretty, what's the easy thing to do when you're in that situation? Go home and feel sorry for yourself yeah, and watch Netflix. Absolutely <laughs> pathetic. I mean, it was pathetic. And then I, you know, took the baby step like, hey, I can get out of this situation. I just need to figure out how. And my life is drastically different in 2021 than it was in 2019. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it just takes that realization that, hey, I need to figure out something. And I need to take a little more responsibility and not feeling sorry for myself because the markets are down or I lost, you know, somebody's taking some ground away from me or they're not going to rent this to me or, you know, it's just take some responsibility and know that you can, you can win. Like we just went to a marketing school, a cattle marketing school taught by uh, Doug Ferguson, one of the best classes that I've ever been to, the best $750 I've ever spent, I would say. Uh, and he, yeah, that's an understatement. He talks about how he knows he's going to win. Like he had to go through this whole mind shift, mindset shift where he knows he's going to win. Like he might have a not so good trade, you know, but he knows he's going to find something to make money on. Like it's just going to work because he knows it will. What did, what did he say he has on his phone when it, the screen opens up? I, I'm not going to lose or I'm, yeah, it, it was something to that effect. And during the class, you know, oftentimes, well, I shouldn't say oftentimes, but several times people came to him and it, it just goes back to the thing where he goes, I know I'm not going to lose. I don't know how I'm going to win, but I know I'm not going to lose. Mm-hmm. And for him, hustle is why he doesn't ever lose. Exactly. Yeah. He is willing to do whatever it takes to make sure he doesn't lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the point where we need to work to. I mean, I'm not on Doug Ferguson level yet, but I want to work to get there. I'm not either. And I mean, uh, something to to strive to achieve. And actually, I'm going to take a baby step today. And uh, he taught us something called the value of gain in that school. And I'm going to use that, start applying it to sale barn records or sheets. um, And I'm going to apply it to our cattle herd. So I know when we have overvalued or undervalued animals. Yeah, I mean, you can't get to where he's at if you don't start there. Yep. So apply this stuff to your own life, guys. I mean, I know that we go on about how this applies to us a lot. You know, 
That's just the paradigm that we're in, okay? But also, but I think, apply it to yourselves. Think about your situation. It helped me a lot to see other people <laughs> explain out their situations and how they were, what they were feeling when and what they were in, and then how they got out of that situation. I think that's you know extremely beneficial. Um, yeah, not necessarily your roadmap, but it's a roadmap that somebody else used. Maybe you can get started on that, and you just take a detour somewhere. Yeah, I guess you know. Before we end this, we'll just the moral of this story is that you got to take responsibility and stop giving up control of your money to everybody else, and just just think about what you're wanting to do and how you can get there. Yeah, and I would I would add to that. It's not that you can't let other people help you yes. in managing and investing money, but you have to be a participant with it. Okay. Mm-hmm. You have got to be participating. Or you're going to see what, you know, the average person gets. You're going to get that because that's what the average person does, you know? So if you're happy with that, I'm not going to say there's anything wrong with that. It just for me, there's no way in hell that that is okay with me. Yeah. You, you have to be there. You know, um, this is another thing from Doug, but you can't just be that game time player. Okay. You got to show up to practice. You got to participate and it's going to make the game that much better when you get there (laughs) absolutely i think that's a good note to end on okay well until next week guys i hope this added some value to you this was the cash value solutions podcast remember to subscribe rate and review the show check us out at cashvaluesolutions.com and don't forget to tune in next week